Welcome to Speak once again. As long as DeMar Hamlin is still in this fight for his life, we will lead the show, showing honor to him and keeping you all updated on the latest. Now, he's captivated the intention of not this show, but the entirety of the country. President Biden tweeting earlier, simply saying, DeMar, like I told your mom and dad yesterday, Jill and I, along with all of America, are praying for you and your family. Those prayers, America, have been working. The Buffalo Bills, they shared a statement from their official account earlier today, the most important part of that message saying, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. The operative words there being remarkable improvement and neurologically intact. But the greatest news of all came within the last three hours. Last night, DeMar Hamlin was able to communicate by writing, and he asked the doctors, did we win? The doctors mm. responded and said, yes. You won the game of life. Your prayers are still needed. Your thoughts are still needed. Your love and support is clearly still needed. But be encouraged because it is working. DeMar, you have our attention. You have the attention, thoughts, and prayers of the entirety of the country. On to the football field. We have to talk about the Baltimore Ravens because Lamar Jackson has missed his 14th straight practice today. He's been dealing with a knee injury while his squad is getting ready for the upcoming playoffs. Now remember, Lamar is in the final year of a contract. Head coach John, Ar John Harbaugh was asked about Lamar's health status today. Y'all have to listen to what in the world he said. Take a listen. John, uh, we didn't see Lamar out there again today. Do you expect him to be ready for the postseason? You know, I'm just probably going to leave all that stuff alone. You know, I'm going to focus on the game and uh, uh, just get ready to, to coach our guys and have our guys get ready to play the game. Now, before we get to the topic at hand, that is Dave Hellman, NFL insider covering the league for the last decade plus. This is a brilliant, as always, Joy Taylor and my former teammate, lifelong friend, LaShawn Shady McCoy, Eagles all-time rushing leader. Before we talk about Lamar Jackson, Shady, why do you have a tissue on the handle of your cup? It's hot. Yes. <laughs> This is hot. Like the point of a handle is to protect you from the heat, and you literally have a tissue on the handle of the cup. That's nah, real hot. What is hot, hot. Now, I am good. Okay. Speaking of heat, it's getting turned up in Baltimore because Lamar Jackson has missed 32 days of practice, Joy Taylor. That is no small deal. That is a huge issue. But is Lamar Jackson's contract an issue for the Ravens? No, this is not an issue for the Ravens. I consider this to be a really good problem. Mm. Some things you just want to buy, right? Like a house, you know? <laughs> it's like, true. Like a car this that works true. that can fit the whole family and get you from A to B, take them to school. There's things that you should be planning on buying in your life, that you should be planning on investing in in your See life. where you're going. That you should be budgeting for like where you're for going. your future. What else do you have to spend money on besides a franchise quarterback? I do not understand this conversation. Mm -hmm. It befuddles mm -hmm. me. It's what happens. <laughs> it befuddles. It does. It's what happened with Dak. Everyone, how are we going to pay Dak? I don't know. Maybe you should have been budgeting for this when you were paying him a fourth-round rookie contract, mm. which is nothing. Talk about and it. And he was winning all those games and playing at that level then. Well, how, I don't know how we're going to be able to sign players. How did you sign players before? Everyone else manages to do it. The Rams have a secret Swiss bank account. They pay everybody. <laughs> Figure it out. Now, I know, just like anything else, all capologists are not made the same, mm -hmm. just like all coaches aren't made the same and all players, and there's levels to everything. But this is a good problem to have. I don't have any sympathy 
for organizations who have talent like Lamar Jackson, who just simply don't know how they're going to make it work. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is the only position you should want to pay. Like, this should be like a oh, dream one day of writing that check to the franchise quarterback. It's the dream. You got it. Here it is. Here's the house. Write the check. Move on with your future. I don't understand why this is a bad thing. But, Joy, everybody has that dream house. I've recently moved into mine. But before there was ever a dream house, there was a budget. You know that, Joy. Everybody got a budget. And that dream house might be limited by that budget. I was looking at homes, Beverly Hills, Hollywood Hills, Hidden Hills. And I couldn't look at all the houses I wanted to look at, Joy Taylor, because I was living life on a budget. This contract issue for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, I think it's an issue. And I think it's an issue because it better be an issue. The Ravens do not need to pay Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal. And Lamar Jackson, more importantly than the Ravens, does not need to take the field again until he has some fully guaranteed money. LaShawn McCoy, I think it's a huge issue because the Ravens don't want to budge and Lamar Jackson better not budge. Where you stand? Yeah, uh, it's a big issue. I truly believe that. I mean, like, this is your MVP quarterback. Teams love, would love to have a guy like Lamar Jackson, MVP caliber type of player. So it's a big disconnect. Mm -hmm. Lamar wants a fully guaranteed contract, uh, something close to Deshaun Watson. The Ravens came out and said, the the management said, we're not doing that. So, but there's always give and take. On my contract negotiations, the first one, um, Andy Reid, me and him actually did the contract. Jerome's house was my agent, but me and Andy's like, hey, listen, I wanted like an extra two, three million dollars. He looked at me like, buddy, listen, I'll give you extra guarantee. Let's just work it out. And we did that because I wanted to be there and he wanted me there. It looks like, it looks like Lamar wants to be there. He wants to be a Raven. Let's, talk, let's think about it for a second. Who are the Ravens, right? A- after that Super Bowl, who have they been? They've been Lamar Jackson. The, 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 uh, everybody loves to talk about um, um, Joe Flacco, what he's did for the organization. What did he really do? He got hot for a couple games. Yeah. The defense really won that championship. He made a couple plays. One Pro Bowl, no All-Pros, threw for 4,000 yards one time. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is the key. When we look at this team, they win with Lamar Jackson, right? Ravens are 45 and 16 when Lamar's playing. That's, that's like 75%. He wins his games. That's crazy. So they, they got to pay him. Their whole organization has only been one MVP. You know who that is? Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> when the kids come to, to, to Baltimore to watch the games, who are they coming to see? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. See, it's one part to winning games and getting a championship. That's the main goal. But there's a business part of it. Mm-hmm. When we had certain players, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun McCoy, we selling jerseys and we winning games. Lamar Jackson's doing that even more. Selling more jerseys and winning more games. You got to sign this dude. So whatever you got to do, work it out, get the conscience together, give a little bit, take a little bit, however you got to do it. Get this guy a contract. My favorite thing when LaShawn refers to himself in the third person. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you're all pro, I feel like you can get away with it. Though. You got to like, pass. Dave yeah. Hellman, this Lamar's contract issue for Ravens. Here's the thing. Like, to be clear, I would pay Lamar Jackson. Me I would, too. I wouldn't hesitate to do it. I think he's one of the six to ten best quarterbacks playing the game or right Blue now. Bills. Absolutely would pay him. But it is, it is a huge issue. You could argue it is the only issue for the Baltimore Ravens right now. Like, they have to figure out if this is something they want to do, and they have to find a way to make it work. And we already know that it hasn't been working. Like, we talked about this throughout the offseason. It was a point of contention all the way up till the start of even the regular season. Remember, it feels like ancient history, but mm-hmm. Lamar set that deadline. If it wasn't an issue, he would have a deal. We, I'm, Patrick Mahomes, that, that thing got signed. We didn't even know he was eligible. We were like, oh, damn, you can sign a new deal? And he had already signed it. 
because there was no question. Exactly. There's clearly a question of whether they want to do it to let it go this far. And again, I love Lamar Jackson. I would I would pay him. But in a negotiation, you're looking for reasons not to. Are you not? Mm-hmm. I assume the Baltimore Ravens, or or at least you're looking for reasons to to sign at less, your less, price, yeah, your less, price, less, right? Point, right? They always do that though. He's missed nine games in the last two years. That's 27% of the games that the Ravens have played. And by the way, when he's been out, they've been one of the most forgettable teams in the league. Certainly the most forgettable playoff team in the league. You could argue that for and against Lamar, by the way. I'm sure the Ravens say, you're not here and we're not good without you. And he's like, yeah, you're not really any good without me. I I get both sides of it. But the point being, if, if he doesn't play this weekend, that's 10 games in the last two years that he hasn't played. He was an MVP. We all get that. 2019 gets further and further away in the yeah. rearview mirror every game you play. So I think it's a huge deal because I th- clearly think there's a difference of opinion, maybe not about whether he should be signed, but what the price will be. And at some point, the rubber's got to meet the road. Yeah. I would do it. I don't have a whole lot of evidence pointing me toward the Ravens being willing to do it, at least not at a price that would make Lamar Jackson happy. But, the, Joy, the reason we're talking about this right now is because Lamar Jackson has missed – 32 days of practice. That's why it's such an imminent deal. Lamar Jackson, unanimous MVP, Baltimore Ravens locked into the playoffs and have been for the last three weeks, but he's missed 32 days of practice. Joy, do you think the Ravens are listening to Dave Hellman, not literally, but figuratively, and saying to themselves, man, you do miss time? Because just like that, a quarterback can become an injury-prone QB and get that label like Jimmy Garoppolo amongst so many others. Where do you think the Ravens stand on that? I think they can look at their record without Lamar Jackson and figure it out. I I don't believe the guaranteed money is an option. I never have. I've been on this. Not because I don't want him to get fully guaranteed money. Right. What difference does it make to me? I just think from a business standpoint, when you pay a certain player so much money and it's all guaranteed, you reach a point of diminished return. Mm -hmm. Because all of this is allocated to one player who, to your point, if not available, they can't win. Yeah. But what's the option? Are you going to, like, split the money and pay to mid-quarterbacks? Like, that's not how this works. You either have your quarterback or you don't. And if Lamar is healthy or healthy enough, maybe you invest more in a better backup quarterback because you're assuming because Lamar is mobile or whatever that he might miss a game or two throughout the season. I would take Lamar for most of the season over most of the quarterbacks in the NFL. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think about it like this, too, Five, and I want to come to you as we continue this conversation. I'm going to focus on Lamar for a second. I don't think he will play again this season unless he gets the contract done, and I don't think he should play again this season unless he gets the contract done. You know what I hate is when people try to downplay injuries, and we get so used to that in sports. We call a sprained ligament. That's just a sprained ligament. Y'all do realize a sprained PCL means a partially torn PCL. If you have a partially torn piece of paper, it can continue to tear. And so when we talk about a partially torn PCL, if Lamar Jackson goes back out there, it can get worse. Shady, this dawned on me this morning, and I can't wait to hear your response. J.K. Dobbins, Mm -hmm. he missed all of last season, if I'm not mistaken, with an injury. He He had ACL, LCL, amongst other things. He came back this year, played the first four games of the season, then he missed the next six games. I saw him recently, two weeks ago, break a long run. I'm sure you watch it because you study running back. When you watch him break that run, the speed looked good, but watch his gait, Shady. Look at the screen and look at his gait. You can tell he's not opening up like he normally wants to open up. 
Watch yeah, his gait closely. Yeah. So if Lamar Jackson has a knee injury, and clearly they are different knee injuries, but I sustained three knee injuries during my college and professional that's career. That's more severe, I think, though. Uh, yeah, that's definitely more severe. Now, he obviously has recovered for nine and ten months since that injury. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm thinking to myself, I do not want to step on the field where I have a partially torn ligament in my knee and no guarantee money, big bro. Well, when you get banged up and you get injured, right, and, and you're sidelined for some time, the first question you ask the doctors is, okay, so me or my, I'm sorry, the player, because I'm not playing no more, but the player, the coach, and the doctors, they all meet together, and, and the question they ask is, okay, so, doc, if he goes out there, can he can damage it, it more? Yep. Can it right? get worse? That's the, get that's, worse. The, that's the main question. And in Lamar's case, I, I don't know that answer. The doctor knows and the head coach knows. But if he can't go out there and he, doesn't, and he can't damage it more, then he should play. It's a pain tolerance. And, and I think a lot, even seeing that, that, that video, right, of Dobson running, <clears throat> I think it's more of, like, being comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's, I broke my ankle in high school, right? And imagine me, like, 225, like, trying to run people over. <laughs> I try to adjust to my injury. Yeah. But a lot of that was, like, the mental part. I don't want to hurt it again. I don't want to hurt it again. And then, and then out of nowhere, it just clicks. You're just playing. You're cutting. You're making moves. Same thing with, 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 with these guys, okay, yeah. right? With JK, DK, JK or, or even Lamar. Like, you got to go out there and test it out and see how it feels. It'll be fascinating to watch. But like Dave alluded to, this is one of the biggest and, and most fascinating stories, not just for the Ravens, but for the entirety of the National Football League. Well, coming up, two future Hall of Famers have their eyes on the playoffs. Tom Brady is already in. Aaron Rodgers is one win away from stamping his ticket. But who should the NFC fear the most, the Bucks or the Packers? Both those quarterbacks have Super Bowls, one a lot more than the other. That's next. See you. Like a big goat, a little goat. Let's get to two of the best quarterbacks of all time. Tom Brady coming off a four-touchdown performance. And his Bucks. they're locked in as a four-seed in the NFC, which means they will be in the playoffs. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers, Packers, they've won four straight games. It's very, very simple for Aaron Rodgers. Win and you are in. They got the Detroit Lions Sunday night with the whole world watching. Joy Taylor, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Tom Brady, you got the Packers, you got the Bucks. Which NFC team should be feared most? Is it the Packers or the Bucks? It's the Bucks. It's the Bucks. Let's be honest about why anyone would be afraid. Afraid. Fear. Ooh, fear of the Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone be afraid of the Bucks right now? Tom Brady. Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. All right. Well, who's playing better? Who's who's playing better at the quarterback position? Who's being an instrument Brady. of the wins? Yeah. T- Tommy. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tommy. Beat the Panthers, 432 yards, three touchdowns, 127 rating. Meanwhile, the Packers whooped on the Vikings. What did Aaron Rodgers do? 15 of 24, 159 yards, one touchdown. They're not winning because of Rodgers. Which is a good thing. Who cares how you win, right? Until you get to the playoffs, and then you got to do it yourself. Now, we, we've seen Aaron do it. We've also seen Aaron not do it, as Shady brought up yesterday. I don't know why we were just, like, erasing Aaron's playoff history. Like, he's been to 10 Super Bowls, ha- has been to multiple Super Bowls at all. He hasn't. So if you're asking me who I should be afraid of, I'm obviously going to the quarterbacks because neither one of these teams are very, have been very good all season long. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady is playing 
at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers is right now. It's fascinating. I think about how are they playing right now. Tom Brady, from an offensive output perspective, you could argue is playing better, obviously. But then we got to focus on those turnovers, which we all at this desk, we pay attention to. What I found most fascinating, since December, Aaron Rodgers has zero multiple interception games. What NFC quarterbacks have multiple interception games? Tom Brady, he got three of them. The Eagles starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, has one. The Eagles backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, has one. Kirk Cousins, he has two of them. Dak Prescott, he has three of them. Geno Smith, Seahawks quarterback, he has one. So when I'm thinking about who is going to protect the ball and who is protecting the ball in the right here, right now, that's where I'm like, well, Aaron Rodgers is not putting up any 300-yard games. Shady, you reminded me of that and the viewer of that yesterday. Aaron Rodgers, no 300-yard games all season. That is astonishing. But I'm like, wait, if you're not giving the ball away and your defense is taking the ball, remember what they did to the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, Tua was playing through a concussion. Remember what he's did to Kirk Cousins, and remember what they did to Kirk Cousins. That's why, Joy, I think the Packers are to be feared most, not because Aaron Rodgers is going to hit you for 400 yards. He's likely not going to do that. But it doesn't appear he's going to give the ball away too many times either, either, Dave. The Packers are a better overall team. I agree. Tom Brady's playing better. It's, I love, like, you can look at the same set of data and come to different conclusions because that's where I'm at. Like, Tom Brady's playing amazing. That's us every week, it, actually. You're, that, is a, that is a very fair point, Shady. That is a very fair so point. So you don't forget. Never. I, I wouldn't. I never would. Good day. Here's the thing. The Bucks are an incredibly one-dimensional team. They just are. You realize in the last six weeks – Going back to when they beat Seattle in Munich, mm-hmm. the, the low, Tom Brady's low for attempts. You want to take a guess at it? Because it's wild. We'll go 38. Anybody else? 40. It's 43. Yeesh. That's the low. <laughs> That's all they can do. Like, literally all they can do is say, Tom, please bail us out of this. And he does because he's the best ever. But in the playoffs, like, teams in the playoffs take away what you do best. I mean, they already can't run the ball. And so if you're playing the Niners or the Cowboys or some of these or the Eagles, some of these defenses that get after it, how's that going to look for you? Like even Tom Brady, I don't think can drop back and throw 50 times in a game against the best of the best and have it work out for him. I just I don't trust that. I will say I think you would rather be the Bucs right now. They're going to get to play at home, and they'll probably they'll get a Cowboys opponent very likely that they've already beaten twice in the last year. The Bucs should have a lot of confidence about that. I think the Packers are playing better football because they have more ways to do it. We all, we all trust Aaron Rodgers to make a play in a spot, at least. Right? I absolutely do. Their defense has 12 takeaways in the last month. Only three giveaways on offense. Like, Rodgers might not be amazing, but to your point, he's not giving the other team the ball. They just put it on a team that's going to be in the playoffs. We haven't seen the Buccaneers do that. I mean, they beat Seattle in a nice game six weeks ago, and since then they needed a miracle against the Saints. They won in overtime against an Arizona team that was playing, was it Colt McCoy? And I think Trace McSorley ended that game. And then they they outlasted Carolina. (laughs) They outlasted Carolina. So – I think the, the Bucs are in a more favorable situation. I think the Packers are a much better team. I could argue the literal. Isn't it great? I could make the same Isn't that argument. great? I love it. The <laughs> Packers run the ball, and occasionally Aaron Rodgers throws it. He's not bailing them out. Most of the teams that they've beaten on this stretch outside of the Vikings are Your name better be Pat Mahomes to... if you're going to throw 45 times a game in the playoffs. No, I like... agree, but – what happens when they stop the run game for the Packers? It's, it's true. It's what are true. they going to do? I hear you. So it's like it, they're the same team, right? Except for one is in the playoffs and one still has to win to even get in this That's weekend fair. or this conversation is irrelevant. Where are you staying, 2-5? See, um, I agree with Joy, 
But then again, when I think about it, the question is the team, right? I would love to say that Tom Brady's playing better than Aaron Rodgers because he is. Mm-hmm. But the team, they are they're four games in a row, winning streak. You can't make that up. Now, if, it, if, it's, if it's the running game, if it's a defense, special teams, they're getting it done. <laughs> they're winning games. And, and the Bucs are up and down. They have a demo win. So I got to go with the, with, with the Packers. I mean, if you look at the numbers, this, they're ranked 10th over the last month. Mm-hmm. Takeovers, right? The most, most takeaways. Uh, yeah, takeaways and what? In the last, what, four or five games? They're leading the league? They balling. So when I look at the team, you're every average 150 yards on the ground. That's top 10 numbers. So you, you control the game. And you don't have to have Aaron Rodgers going for 300 because we haven't seen it all year, and we probably won't see it. But the way they're winning games as a team – I got to take them over the Bucks, Joy, what do you make of this? Because I, I, I wanted to say the Bucks, but then I started realizing, though I don't believe the Vikings are great, I'll be honest, I don't believe they're great. I do believe they are a great litmus test. Okay. Like, I don't think they're a great team, but I think it's very, they're a great team for you to realize just how great or not great are you. <clears throat> the Vikings have been blown out three times <laughs> this season. They've lost four times, but blown out three times. We all know the three. The Eagles gave them that work. We were all at my house watching that game. And then we stopped watching it because it was ugly. The <laughs> Cowboys gave them that work. America stopped watching that game because they had to turn it off. The Packers gave them that work. And the Packers did it most recently. And it's not as though the Vikings were injured, nor maligned, nor anything of that caliber. What do you make joy of the fact that we know the Vikings might not be good, but if the Vikings have only lost four games mm-hmm. and they've gotten blown out by three teams, we know the Cowboys are good enough. We know the Eagles are, some would argue, great. And the Packers, we don't know how they are, but can't you look at what they did to a good team and say, you know what, they got to be something good. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're a bad team. They're certainly trending upwards at the time of the season that you want to be playing that. If they hadn't played so terrible through (laughs) most of the season, then they wouldn't wouldn't have that many questions about them. True. Like, are they going to make the playoffs? (laughs) Because they're not in yet. They still have to beat the Lions who are a team that's also trying to make the playoffs. Very true. So we are all, we're sitting here speaking about a hypothetical playoff team. Just, just to remind everyone, I know Packers fans have just already written themselves in. Andy? Andy's over there. <laughs> uh, but they might not even be in the playoffs. So, like, yeah, I'll take the team that's already in yeah, for, to start. So we've, this, this, this whole conversation might not even be relevant. If they make the playoffs, if, if they make the playoffs, why would I be more afraid of a team – that has to, has to win one way. They have to run the ball at a very high level in order to win games. Also, why, when the Eagles have this long stretch of just wins, 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 we're like, well, they haven't really beat anybody. Outside of the Vikings, who the Eagles whooped on earlier, as you mentioned, they beat a lot of like regular teams, right? Yeah. Look who the Packers just beat on this stretch. Why does that yeah. not count for the Packers? Is this like a big deal that they beat the Bears? Aaron Rodgers always beats the Bears. He just shows up and they lose. Is it a big deal that they beat the Rams? The Dolphins. and the, For me, it's the Dolphins. Yeah, Crushing yeah, the well, Vikings I'm going to keep it real Dolphins. about the Dolphins. That's not an impressive win, yeah, that was, especially that when you consider what happened with Tua in that game. You won the game, not taking anything away the from it. The only reason I consider it is because, as we all know, unfortunately, especially this week, injuries are a part of the game of yeah, football. Yeah. So if the quarterback does get hurt, had Tua been pulled, they got to put in – uh, Teddy, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. So even if Tua doesn't play that game, right. the Packers likely still going to find a way to win right. that game. But, because, but that's, not a good, that's not a good team in that space. Like Teddy Bridgewater is no, not playing at a high level. If, if, and they, they, they're not – they've lost five in a row. But, but they, they both have beat 
this okay teams too, though. If you look at if you really look at the teams, yep. right? They, Bucks they, and Packers. Yeah, the Bucks and Packers. Like they they got yeah, the they Bucks got playing the worst division. I'm saying they had a lucky yeah worst division and they got a lucky win with, with the Cardinals. I couldn't believe that game with the wire. Yep. I'll just say this: the only difference is on the teams, like the Packers. Once Matt Lafleur, and I give him a lot of credit for this. Once he changed the, the game plan, yeah. we're so yeah. used to saying Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. All right, look, 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 um, Aaron, sit in the back. I got mm-hmm. this. When they start putting it on the running game and more on the defense, they started winning games. Yeah. And now that's the formula. If you watch Aaron Rodgers, he's okay with that. I, I was surprised to see how vocal he was to speak on the running game. Like, he's, he's happy with not, him not balling crazy, but the, the winning games and, and the running game taking over. So they can change that. Only thing about the Bucs, they can't, right? They can't run the ball. They are who they are. And they're up and down. One game, Mike Evans could be Mike Evans going for 200 yards, balling out Tom Brady, 400 yards. And the other games, he could go for just 200 yards and three picks. And that's crazy to say that, but it's the truth. Well, like Joy said, we don't even know if the Packers are going to make it into the playoffs. Their playoffs start this Sunday night with the whole world watching when they are in. Coming up, we'll figure out what's wrong with LaShawn McCoy. But more importantly, we'll figure out what in the world is going on with Jalen Hurts. He's missed the last two games. Eagles are still trying to lock up the one seed. This is the most urgent game this weekend that doesn't have playoff implications as far as in or out. We got to talk about that next on Speak. We're back on the football field. Jalen Hurts, he's limited at practice once again today. He missed the last two games, and Eagles fans are desperately awaiting to see his return. You can see him right there in the red jersey, moving, throwing accurately. But Philly, they need him to lock up the number one seed in the NFC with a win over the Giants. It's that simple. You win, you lock up the number one seed. LaShawn McCoy cannot wait to see it happen. But Shady, what is your concern level for Jalen Hurts? Low, 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 low. No concern at all, first of all. He might have missed the last two games, but he didn't, miss the, he didn't miss the last two practices. So that means he's going to play. The shoulder seems okay. I got some sources, some close sources. Like, close, close. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I say close, Joy, close, close. There's only so many guys on the team that were still there with Shady. So That ain't true. Those are my young boys. When I come in the building, you know what I'm saying? That's oh. me. When I went to the last game, I parked not in the, the, the media lot. Not with the old players. I parked with the players. <laughs> Jalen, nice car, bro. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? They thought I was playing. Anyway, unleash Jalen Hurts. It's time to unleash him. Uh, we need this win to get the number one seed. It's so important to get the number one seed. Imagine coming to Philadelphia around this time in January. It's going to be crazy. And when Jalen Hurts comes to play, he walks through that tunnel, them fans will get crazy. They're going to be drinking all day, tailgating all night. They ready for this. That's all we need. So we got to get Jalen Hurts out there, man, lock up this number one seed. Jalen Hurts is a beast. Jalen Hurts is one of the toughest players in football. But I'm concerned for that last sentence. Jalen Hurts is one of the toughest players in football. The reason I'm concerned is because so often athletes don't know when nor how to protect themselves. Think about Josh Allen. He also a former teammate of yours, LaShawn McCoy, one of the toughest players in ball, had an elbow injury. He throws a pick in the game we didn't know if he was going to play in because of his elbow injury, and he goes to make a tackle with his elbow. Come on, y'all. Like, players are so tough, so mentally right. and physically tough that sometimes they're their biggest enemy. You do remember what happened immediately following Jalen Hurts getting hurt. He's on the ground. He's lying there. Shoulders hurt. Left tackle, Jordan Mailata, 6'8", 330 right. pounds, runs over to Jalen Hurts. He says, hey, stay down. Stay down. You're hurt. Jalen Hurts, pick me the F up. That's right. That's great. That's right. But is it? 
I don't know what would have happened if he would have exited the game earlier. I don't know if he would have been healthier sooner. I don't know if he would have been available to play the Cowboys and win that game or play the Saints and win that game and not be in this predicament. But what I do know is sometimes toughness can be one of your biggest detracting factors because you get in your own way. For that reason, I'm concerned. What has helped Jalen Hurts become the great player that he is could also be a detriment if we rush out there, rush him out there too soon. Dave Hellman, where do you stand as being concerned? I'm really not. I'll, I'll, put it at, I'll put it at 15, 20% concern for the sole reason that it's an injury to his throwing shoulder, and I would just like to see what he looks like throwing the ball again. But in terms of Jalen Hurts starting and playing for the Eagles, I, I really don't feel worried at all. He's 24. Mm-hmm. He's tough as hell. He's like, I don't think people have a good appreciation for just how sturdy he is either. Like, to, to carry the ball as much as he does and be as effective at it, like, he's a sturdy player. He can handle this. I don't want to suppose too much i'm not on the eagles medical staff but like he finished that game he did and i would imagine he took as many carries as he did in that game 17 of them because they were like hey you can get through this running the ball let's not have you throwing it too much you're tough enough to handle this he's taken three weeks off and then the other thing the eagles are smart enough to design this offense to mitigate the risk like that's like jalen hurts is playing as well as he is because of that i think they are i think you can go into this game you can get Jalen moving out of the pocket. Think about like, think about how good the Eagles are at just like leaking their tight end out into the flat. Like, hey, Jalen, just hit that nice little four-yard pass. That's all you got to do, bro. We're playing the Giants backups today. Yeah. We're going to run the ball. We're going to create easy throws for you. We're going to get the ball out of your hands. And if they do their job the right way, then we keep saying it. The Giants don't have anything to play for. Yep. I don't expect to see their starters much, if at all. If they do their job the right way, Jalen Hurts is wearing a ball cap in the second half of this game, and they get a week off to play a game at the link. I'm really, like I said, I want to see what he looks like throwing the ball, and for that, I'm like a little bit concerned, but I'm really not yeah, worried good, about good it. Good answer, Dave. Yeah. I try to help good you answer. out. You know what? But next time we talk Cowboys, you're going to be you're gonna be right back. That's you're how you start with Thursday, y'all. Hate me again. That's <laughs> fine. Not bad, brother. It's fine. Thank you. Thank I you. mean, I'm a, I'm a little concerned. I'm concerned. I think he's it's his throwing arm. He's been out three weeks. You want to get out there and, you know, feel confident. Like you said earlier in the show, when you broke your ankle, obviously it's not as severe, his injury, but you got to test it a little bit. You got you to feel confident and you have to shed that, that anxiety that you're going to do something that's going to cause it to go right back to what it was before. So I, I want to see what they are. I mean, obviously the last time he played, it wasn't a great game. They were able to overcome it. But you want to be playing your best football at this point in the year. Nobody is 100% healthy, but Jalen does run the ball a lot. So he's been off his legs for three weeks, so there is that. He's definitely going to have fresh legs being a a dual-threat quarterback. I just want to see how he looks and how he's throwing and if he's going to play this weekend, which it sounds like he is. If you assume he's fully – or if you assume he's cleared, I know that's an important designation. If you assume that he's healthy enough that they feel good putting him out there, wouldn't you rather see him get snaps three weeks removed from the injury – and then get the week off, then not play for five weeks, and then your first game is in the divisional round of the playoffs against a very good team? I I don't mind that. Like, I I don't hate that thought process at all. If Jalen Hurts is not just healthy, but if Jalen Hurts is not at any risk of re-injuring himself, then I'm good. Shady, I got a question for you, though, big dog, because you know Jalen Hurts, you know this team, you know this organization better than I. I was there three years. You were there for six. If they have to treat Jalen Hurts differently, because we know how good he is as a dual threat okay. quarterback. Those RPOs hit different right, when the right, quarterback can right. run the ball. If they got to treat Jalen Hurts differently, do you think this offense is just as dangerous if he can't run the ball as much because you want to protect that shoulder? 
Yeah, I'm probably making him a passer more. But let, let's kind of paint this picture for Please a second. Do. Like, and I get it. Quarterbacks are, are the most, I, I don't want to say it, but it's true, the most fragile out of every position, right, other than the kickers. But Jalen Hurts is probably one of the strongest pound-for-pound players on the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about this, this, this player like, oh, he's a quarterback. You know, right. no. He's a big dude. He's, he's one of the highest lifters as far as squats. That's your legs. And, and bench press. He's a strong dude. Built a, like a damn cinder block. Take, take it easy, Dave. Oh, he not, is. He's, not, he's not your quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like, like, this dude's not a smart guy. And then, and then the last point I want to make for the people out there, he had an AC joint. Yep. Right? Like that, that's 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 pretty bad, right? But it's not like a a, a torn rotator cuff. Yep, 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 it's not sure. the end of the world, right? I had one of those. And the new thing is nowadays they got all these different paddings. They're gonna put so much cushion in there, yep. right? Like pillows. He's gonna be fine. He took the, t- the time off. His legs are fresh. His shoulders good. Now it's about going out there and playing. He'll be okay. But you know this. We talked about this three weeks ago, Shady, when that one teammate that is so incredibly tough finally misses a game. That's when you know that injury must be very, 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 very bad, at least for that individual. Does that aspect not concern you? Because Jalen Hurts ain't missing a game unless he quite yeah. literally probably couldn't lift up his well, arm or throw a football. I do think that um, where the Eagles are, right? So, so if they were, like, fighting to get in the playoffs, he probably would have played. Yeah. They probably would have shot him up. Right, Piper's Pat in there. Because you can't be great if you can't play with pain. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't want to hear that because, you, you know, you say some players, they should, you know, the team should protect the players. That's bull crap. <laughs> you can't be great if you can't play with pain. You hurt? We all hurt. How hurt are you? <laughs> can you walk? Okay, he's Doc, he can't move. But if you can play with, with injury, that's when the greats are. Any sport you talk about. Guys with colds and flus. You got guys with bro- bro- broke this, broke that. That's how you become a great. So Jalen Hurts, yeah. I mean, he's going through stuff that the greats before him did. The Donovan Manass, Michael Vicks, the, 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 the um, Randall Cunningham, some guys before him, they did the same thing. But doesn't it come back down to that point you made earlier of re-injury? I'm not saying, hey, don't play. If, if it hurts a little bit, Jalen, don't go out there. What I'm talking about is what you spoke of 15 minutes ago, I, re-injury. Yeah, and, and I don't I, want that. And I think with the AC joints, I don't think that's a you, – you're risking much. Understood. Yeah, Understood yeah. in your experience. And, and I don't know. I feel like you're trying to hold my boy back. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I don't know, like, what's going on with I'm this doing no segment. Such thing. I'm doing no such thing. I'm talking about producers. Like, you like, you don't want my boy to go out I just there and get this number one seed I don't think and go get a Super grand. Bowl. <laughs> I don't know, Joy. I, I don't like the idea of him not playing and that's the, the first – action that he's going to get be in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a right. lot of playoff right. experience. Yeah. Like he's had such an, a great season and we've talked about him as the MVP and all this stuff. We're like, we're forgetting he's still a very young quarterback. 24. Yeah. You know how fast you grow back 24? Stuff we was doing at 24. <laughs> I would hang out all night. Sorry, Andy Reid. Hang out all night. We have <laughs> practice. Next morning, I'm ready to go. You little red boy, you're ready to roll. Bounce, so, yeah. Back a Does it matter for him, though, Joy? In your experience, we know Jalen Hurts is built different. Physically, we know Jalen Hurts is built different. Mentally, he oh. was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year, and then he gets benched his second year for Tua. Then he has to relieve Tua in the SEC toughness. Championship game, the same guy that benched him one year later. Jalen Hurts is not a Kirk Cousins, I would assume, mentally, because I don't think anybody is Jalen Hurts mentally outside of what I would say Dak Prescott based Damn, on what Kirk Dak Prescott is going to go Yeah, that was, that was yeah. No, I'm just saying, Damn. Jalen Hurts is built different. I don't think... <laughs> No, I don't, I don't think Jalen Hurts is Kirk Cousins from gross aggregate passing yards. Like, sure. everybody ain't everybody at everything. <laughs> Got it. Do you think that it matters that Jalen Hurts only has that one playoff game experience, healthy or not? 
Like, do you actually expect to see, like, oh, Jalen might be shook, whether he's healthy no, or not? not. About, no, it's not about shook, and it's not even really about the mental part of it. I'm, I'm saying, like, he doesn't have a lot of experience in those games. Like, physically, you have to level up in those games as well. And you don't want any sort of rust in those games. If you have rust, let it be against the Giants' backups. Right, right. You don't, you don't want to have a, a bad first half in a playoff game where you've where only ever been once before to have to overcome all of that. So I don't – that's more what I'm saying. Like, be fluid. Get that little anxiety of the pain and what you're going to look like and what the offense is going to look like out in this game in the regular season, not – when everything is on the line. Last question, most important question that nobody's talking about, going to you, Dave, then going to Shady. Week, what week did the Cowboys play the Eagles? Fifteen. Uh, no, 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 first time. Oh, it was mid-October. Seven? Why are you putting me on the spot like That's that? That's not week, relevant. Yeah, week seven. What's most relevant, I'm trying to be a storyteller, what's <laughs> most relevant is this. When Lane Johnson went out in that game, it changed. Eagles still won. But when Lane Johnson went out in that game, that pass rush for the Cowboys was a lot different. Lane Johnson will not be playing in this game. Dave, let me first come to you because you watched that game from a different perspective than Shady. How much does it matter to you, to Nick Sirianni, to Howie Roseman, the general manager, to Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, that the right tackle protecting Jalen Hurts' right arm won't be present? This, isn't, this, this is an anticlimactic answer, but again, I don't expect the Giants – badass pass rushers to be out there. Like, I don't expect to see a lot of Kayvon Thibodeau in this game. So that, and then again, good coaching means you can design your offense to mitigate that. Whether it's hot game, a lot of quick throws, a lot of screens, whether it's a lot of play action, a lot of getting, getting Jalen Hurts on the move, or just a lot of running the ball. You don't have to ask him to drop back and stand in the pocket 25 times on Sunday afternoon. And so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's football. There's risk, and you would prefer that the best right tackle in the game is out there, but I trust the Eagles coaching staff to design a very quarterback-friendly game plan. Yeah, it's not a secret. We're not the same team without Lane. I don't even want to tell you the record because you, you, it's pretty bad. But, <laughs> but I think that, like, like even last game, regarding Minshew, we went out there for him. We were throwing the ball a lot early in the game. Where I think now, how do you help an inexperienced tackle or lineman? You run the ball. So we're going to run the ball with Jalen Hurts, with Miles Sanders. We're going to run this ball Don't you, make it easier for everybody. Don't you have some concerns? Because we keep talking about the Eagles and Nick Sirianni as if Nick Sirianni has proven something to us these last two weeks. And in my mind, Shady, I've been let down. I don't know how much you can or will speak on it, but I've been let down because Nick Sirianni, you should have run the ball last game with Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. and I believe Miles Sanders only got 12 carries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Sirianni, you should have run quick game last week with Gardner Minshew, and that didn't happen. Yet we're sitting at this desk assuming that Nick Sirianni is going to do something he hasn't shown us he's doing in the last two games. This is is new for me on TV, right? So every day I learn something new. (laughs) I learn from guys like you. He's a new coach, new head coach, so it's it's all learning. First of all, your whole whole year you had an MVP candidate type quarterback. Mm -hmm. So you get used to that, accustomed to that type of player. Okay, things change. Dang, you know what? I messed up. That's on me. I got to get better at that. Let the coach grow. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a little bit of growth. Well, the Ravens are unfortunately learning what life is like without Lamar Jackson. 32 consecutive days he has missed on the football field. Jim Harbaugh, head coach, have some comments on that. We will tell you if it's something or nothing. That's next. Lamar Jackson, well, he's been gone for a while. His 14th straight practice missed today, and he's been gassing for 32 days when he had that injury. Ravens are getting ready for the playoffs. They're already locked in. So, of course, John Harbaugh was asked about his quarterback status. Take a listen. 
John, uh, we didn't see Lamar out there again today. Uh, do you expect him to be ready for the postseason? You know, I'm just probably going to leave all that stuff alone. You know, I'm going to focus on the game and uh, uh, just get ready to, to coach our guys and have our guys get ready to play the game. Harbaugh says, I'm just going to leave all that stuff alone, get ready for the game, and get ready to coach our guys to play the game. Those comments meant so much to me. Because sometimes, 2-5, your subconscious thought accidentally comes out as your conscious thought. In what world do you refer to our guys and exclude Lamar Jackson? (laughs) I don't know if y'all caught that. I'm just going to get ready to coach our guys. So then what does that make Lamar Jackson? He ain't one of your guys. Now, clearly, John Harbaugh is not trying to exclude Lamar Jackson from the team consciously. But we've been in locker rooms long enough to know there comes a point where a coach is tired of a guy's absence. There comes a point where, rightfully or not, a coach is tired of a guy being gone. His comments to me said a whole lot of something, 2-5, because how do you accidentally Forget your unanimous MVP quarterback. How do you accidentally forget the most important guy on your team? How do you accidentally say our guys and forget about Lamar Jackson? Come on, 2-5. I meant something. I I think nothing of it, right? Uh, But maybe maybe your listening skills are a lot better than mine. Nothing. My mom always said I didn't listen well. So, I don't know. But I'll say this. You can tell how how, how advanced he is, like like all the experience. Because you want to say, what you think? I want Lamar Jackson playing. Right? I want him here today, tomorrow, every day. Like, if you look at this team, with Lamar Jackson averaging 25 points a game, without him averaging, like, 12 points last. So, yes, I don't think much of that, but I I do think that it's more like, listen, I can't control what I can't control. Mm -hmm. And I can't control if Lamar Jackson's not healthy enough to play. I want him to play. (laughs) Believe me, I want him to play. But he's not. How frustrated you think Harbaugh is? Because you know better than I do. Sometimes coaches can become insensitive. They're just so used to being numb to things. Yeah. They get the practice report every morning from the athletic training staff after the athletic training staff meets with the players, roughly 9 o'clock a.m., right before those meetings. They get the practice report, and once again, they see Lamar Jackson. You know, he can't practice. Yeah. How frustrated do you think Harbaugh is? At this I think it's frustrating, but also, like, what the injury is. Now, I've been there where guys are trying to get a contract. Right? And, oh, my, my back. Mm-hmm. Hamstrings. What can you do? Spinal. Right? Spinal. So you're pissed off. You look at the, the injury report. He's not playing. Uh, achoo, uh. Where it's a knee, though. Yep. Right? So it's a real injury. It's knee. Lamar Jackson's game is on, like, cutting, running, mm-hmm. and being speed. So that part, although I will say this, Deshaun Jackson is my guy. And I won't, you know, get into it. But I'm like, yo, is uh, Lamar playing? Was he practicing? He's like, nah, man, but I... I'm praying he does. (laughs) So they are ready for him to get on that field again. Dave, when I saw this quote yesterday, I I, said it to you during the show, during commercial break, and I was like, yo, this means something. Is it something or nothing to you? It's definitely something. Taking it way back to our cover four days from way back, we did a segment called What Did He Say? What What Did He he Mean? mean? (laughs) You have to do that with NFL coaches. You're right, Shady. Like, John Harbaugh is a pro. Like, he's not going to come out here and vent his frustrations. But, yeah, like – You have to read between the lines when an NFL coach is talking because they don't want to give stuff up. But it's obvious like this is obviously a frustrated answer. And and I don't I'm not going to jump into speculation about like how healthy Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. is. We don't know. And it is a knee. He like he needs his PCL to play the game the way that he wants. But this to me to say leave all that stuff alone. What did Shady just said? It's the favorite cliche of every football coach. Control what you can control, which is to say. 
it's out of my control. And that's got to be a frustrating feeling when you're playing for playoff seating and you know that the playoffs are right around the corner. It honestly made me think of Nick Sirianni. Because when Jalen Hurts got yeah. hurt, yep. what yep. was Nick Sirianni saying? That was very much in his control. He was like, he's in here night and day. He's superhuman mm-hmm. with how quickly he heals. We're not ruling him out of anything. So you know a coach is willing to say it when he really feels optimistic that his guy's yep. on the way back. For right or for wrong, we don't know how healthy Lamar Jackson is, but these, to me, read like the words of a coach who knows that he doesn't know when he's getting his quarterback <laughs> back, if he gets him back at all. So, I, I mean, I get it, and I definitely think it's something. Nothing is everything, but everything is something. What does that mean, by the way? I have to ask you sound good, though. It sounds sounds phenomenal. But what in the world does it mean? It means I don't think he hates Lamar Jackson. I don't think that the guys that are playing are his guys, our guys, and Lamar isn't their guy. I think he'd like to have Lamar Jackson available. Keep in mind, this is the second straight year that he's dealt with the exact same outcome at the end of the season they were eight and four going to week 14 last season Lamar sprained his ankle missed the remainder of the season the the Ravens lost their last four games Ravens are eight and four this season Lamar Jackson gets hurt week 13 against the Broncos they went two and two without him they're locked into a playoff position they've clinched in the playoffs not locked in but they've clinched the playoff they're going to the playoffs they don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be available of course that's frustrating if you're a head coach we put the team together we got mostly everybody healthy. We've clinched a playoff position, playoff berth weeks ago, and our guy is not there. Of course he's frustrated. Who wouldn't be frustrated? I would, be, I would want him fired if he wasn't frustrated. <laughs> this is a normal human thing to be frustrated that you guys keep getting right there and Lamar keeps getting injured. That's not Lamar's fault. It's not Harbaugh's fault. It's just the reality of the situation. So when I say nothing is everything, everything is something, I don't think he hates Lamar. I don't think he's like, he ain't our guy anymore. But I'm sure he's frustrated, and I'm sure Lamar Jackson is frustrated that this is the scenario that they're in. Which, that's why, the, what, I, what I go back to in this quote is, I'm just going to leave all that stuff alone. And that's, it's not to say that he's out on Lamar Jackson or that's not his guy, but again, football coaches love controlling what they can control. Mm-hmm. But what do football coaches do? You guys know this. Like, when the press conference is over, you're meeting with the training staff. You're like, where, where's he at today? Like, how, how, can he do, how many reps can he do today? What's the workload look like today? How do you feel about this? Now I'm going to go meet with the assistant coaches. Like, what kind of periods can we get him in? Like, football coaches are very involved. Going back to Ron Rivera not knowing that they could be eliminated. The head coach knows every Everything. stupid little detail that happens in that building. For, so for John Harbaugh to say, I'm just going to leave that all alone, at minimum just means I really I don't know when this is going to fix itself or I don't know when he's coming back and I would just be better served not dealing with it, which I got to say gives me a bad feeling. Like It doesn't make me feel confident we're going to see Lamar Jackson. This Shady, here's why, here's why I'm so perturbed. It's because when did Lamar Jackson go from unanimous MVP to all that stuff? Like, like, when did that occur? Like, when did Lamar Action Jackson go from the unanimous MVP to, I'm going to leave all that stuff alone? Because all that stuff is Lamar Jackson, by the way. All that stuff that he's referencing is Lamar Jackson's health. I'm just trying to figure out, was it, was it December 13th? Was it a bad New Year's? Like, when he's, a bad guy. he's a bad guy. <laughs> right? did, he go, did he turn into all that stuff? Because that's my first question. My second issue is, it matters for this money. It really matters because Joy said something and it, it hit me as she was talking. He's missed the end of this season. I don't know if and when he'll return. He missed the end of last season. 
let's not forget he missed the end of the season before in the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills. He gets knocked out of that game. Obviously, it was with the concussion. Then last season, an injury, lower body. This season, lower body. When it's time for them to go down to Harbaugh and Bashadi's like, hey, this is what we want to present to Lamar Jackson. What do you think, Coach? You going to sign off? That frustration, as you know well, it carries over whether he unanimous MVP or he's that stuff I'm leaving alone. Just comment, big dog. I, I disagree because when Harbaugh sees that, he's like, we can't win without him. You see what they look like without Lamar Jackson. So why would any coach want their best player not playing for him, right? And then uh, this, the second <laughs> about you trying to instigate and say, <laughs> oh, well, how you go from a unanimous MVP, MVP to, to all that stuff? But, like, but like that's, a, that's a coach. That's how coaches talk. You like, come on, you all know coaches talk. Like, I don't want to talk about nothing about Lamar Jackson because he's not playing, and you guys know that. So until he's practicing, then we can talk about it. I don't want to talk about none of that type of stuff. Wait a second, Shady. Okay. Dave brought let's, it up, and I'm surprised it. you forgot your guy. The cat, Jerry Jones said a lot of wild things when Dak Prescott. But he's was different. Jerry's not a coach. Jerry's different. He's not, not you can't at all. compare Jerry to but a coach. But Jerry and McCarthy said a lot of wild stuff, but never did they forget about Dak Prescott. Never did they not reference him as one of our guys. Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, he'll beat you throwing the ball. He'll beat you running the ball. He's tougher than all, y'all. But yeah, all of but, a sudden, but those situations, year too, well, first of all, yeah, Jerry doesn't count. Jerry's, Jerry's not a coach. Jerry has never coached, spoke anything. <laughs> he has his own Jerry. Not, not but, one time. But not once has he ever uh, tried to elude the, the question. Nick Sirianni is expecting to get Jalen back for the playoffs, mm-hmm. potentially this weekend. Dak Prescott was not out for the season, and he got injured early. This has been, to your point, because I didn't go back far enough, three straight seasons where Harbaugh, and the Ravens haven't had their best player at the end of the season. <clears throat> so if he's tired of talking about that stuff, I don't think he's referring directly to Lamar Jackson, the person, as that stuff. But there's nothing he can do. He can't wave a wand and fix the knee or fix the situation. So there's no point, especially with reporters, to be continuing to say the same thing. Lamar Jackson is not available. Next question. Lamar Jackson is not available. Next question. Same as last week. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I get that. Yeah. It's, it's got to be incredibly frustrating for Harbaugh and definitely frustrating for Ravens fans. Well, speaking of frustration, Zach Wilson. Yo, it was frustrating earlier in the season, but there's some positive news. His time in the Big Apple may not be over. His head coach, Robert Sala, gave him a huge vote of confidence. But we got to tell you, if we are buying that commitment that Sala gave, that's next on Speak. This is interesting. Nobody's had a crazier roller coaster ride this NFL season than Zach Wilson with the Jets. Now, his future in New York is in question, but head coach Robert Sala shed some light on the team's plans for their former number two pick. Take a listen. Zach has got all the talent in the world, and we have all the confidence in the world in him. It's just, like I said from this reset, we're, we're going we're gonna to grind with him. We are. And, uh, and through hell or high water, we're going to figure out how to, how to get him to where we know he can be. Thank you buying this? Days like today, I love having a good memory. <laughs> I got a quote for you. Uh-oh. From February of 2019. Josh Rosen is our guy. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, so, no. No, I'm not buying it. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to call Robert Sala a liar. He seems like a stand-up guy. I really like his style as a coach. Uh, I think the Jets are a well-coached team, but... 
He might not be a liar. I just, I don't think this is worth the paper it's printed on. I think these are the type of things you have to say as a head coach. Like, you, I mean, you're not going to, first of all, you're not going to go out there and throw this kid <clears throat> under the bus. You're just not going to do that. And second of all, it's not even completely in Robert Sala's control what happens. Like, there's a GM, there's ownership. Like, when you're talking about moving on from a number two overall pick, that is not something that the head coach does on his own. So he could firmly believe this, and it could still be completely untrue. Uh, so, no, I'm not buying it even a little bit. Joy, where are you at? Not worth the paper it's printed on. It's such a writer quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's fair. Um, look, sometimes we have to be lied to, you know? Some, you don't tell your kids the truth all the time. The government doesn't tell us the truth all the time as to avoid chaos and anarchy, uh, despite what you read on Reddit. You just, you know, sometimes you just got to tell an inconvenience uh, quote you know yeah. like, just gotta yeah, tell people what they want to hear yeah this is, this is what we gotta say yeah uh zach wilson is ranked last in completion percentage 26th in passing yards per game he is tied for 31st in passing touchdowns and last in passer rating so unless they are bringing in a miracle <laughs> worker which listen they happen every day uh, I don't think this is, the, this is the future of the New York Jets. And I don't think Robert Sala thinks it is, and I don't think the Jets think it is either. That's a great quote about Josh Rosen, because Josh Rosen was also very bad. Ah, very bad. And, and it was immediately a very high got replaced, replaced by a better quarterback. I don't think you need to, uh, to say anything negative about Zach Wilson, because it doesn't matter. You're, are you going to trade him? You can work with him this offseason. If he does somehow emerge a starting quarterback, then great. But the Jets are going to be looking for another option at the quarterback position, and it would be gross negligence for them not to. So I think Robert Sala is a, is a stand-up guy. I do think Zach has a lot of talent. But he's, as of right now, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. <clears throat> then whose fault is that? I, it's, I don't know. That's, I don't at this know. point, who, can, like, who cares? Chicken the egg. He can't play, he can't play yeah. football. Well, it matters. The reason it matters is because if Zach Wilson has a ton of talent, and he can't play football, then what happened to the talent? Well, I like, mean, to me, that goes back down. Now I'm looking at the coach because I thought Jared Goff had a lot of talent. But ask Jeff Fisher, yeah, you wouldn't say so. Ask Sean McVay, he had enough talent to get him in the Super Bowl. Ask Dan Campbell, he has enough talent to get the Detroit Lions potentially into the playoffs with the win and the Seahawks loss. So that's why, to me, it actually, that's the most important thing is, does Zach Wilson have talent or does he not have talent? But, Shady, I don't want to get too far off track. I'll get back there in a second. Are you buying the comments? I'm buying it. Coach Sala is a stand-up guy, honorable. Um, everybody that played for him, they love him. They talk, they're high praise about him. I actually had the chance to actually meet him and, and talk to him um, at their camp, the Jets camp, and he, he seemed like he was stand-up. All the players talk great about him. So, yeah, I do buy it. But then again, like, what do you really say? You know, oh. it's funny you're saying that because I'm re now that you're saying it, yeah. I'm rereading the quote. He didn't really say yeah. anything. He didn't really <laughs> say he's the future of the organization. Uh -huh. He didn't really say we're sticking with him next year. He didn't really say <laughs> he can be a quarterback. They just said we're going to figure out how to get him where we know he can be. Well, if you know he really can't play, then you're just going to get him to there. Can, we, can we hear the sound again? Because he said something they support. They that support. I heard that I want to highlight. Oh, so Atra's if we can get the sound again, today. let's listen. Zach has got all the talent in the world, and we have all the confidence in the world in him. It's just, like I said from this reset, we're, we're going we're gonna to grind with him. We are. And... Uh, and through hell or high water, we're going to figure out how to how to get him to where we know he can be. I love this show. I love this show. Shady, you said something 30 minutes ago about quarterbacks. You remember the word you used in regards to quarterbacks? Nope. Start with an F. 
and fragile. ended with a fragile. He said the quarterbacks are very fragile. What did Zach Wilson say that I hated in regards to this statement? Wasn't his fault or something? He said we're going to grind with oh, grind. You know what you don't do to something fragile? You don't grind with it. Hell and high water. I think Robert Sala has mishandled this whole thing because of that word Shady said 30 minutes ago, fragile. Robert Sala is a defensive-minded coach. I met Robert Sala when I was trying out for one of the teams he was a coach on. I played linebacker. Why did I meet Robert Sala? Because I believe he was a linebacker coach at the time. You grind with linebackers. You go through hell and high water with linebackers. Linebackers need a hard reset. Linebackers need to get emotionally tougher. You know who doesn't need to be grinded with? A second-year quarterback. You know who doesn't need to be pulled and pushed back into the game and then pulled again? A second-year quarterback. You know who doesn't need to go through hell and high water? A second-year quarterback. I, that's why, Joy, I was fascinated by the question of talent and you saying he does have talent. I think he does. I can't say it as confidently as you. But I don't like how Robert Sala, this defensive-minded head coach, <clears throat> has handled his quarterback because, unfortunately, quarterbacks are fragile. They wear uh, red jerseys at practice. They don't get hit. Quarterbacks get uh, the first seat in the team meeting room. Quarterbacks oftentimes get unique food. They get private spots at the games along with other star players. So I don't like how Robert Sala has handled them. Why are you giving me that look, Dave? I hate, like, everything you just said. Why? I mean, there's some truth to what you're saying. I mean, quarterbacks get preferential treatment. Everything. They get the endorsements. We get that. But, like, you don't think the best quarterbacks grind and are, like, part of the fabric of their team? Like, Jalen Hurts? Dude can squat 600 Absolutely. damn pounds. Absolutely. You don't think the – again, like, I can speak to it personally, purely on the Cowboys. Like, the whole organization follows Dak's lead. He's grinding That's just as I'm much saying. as anybody. What I'm saying is – I don't think non-offensive head coaches are as delicate with their quarterbacks. I don't, I don't want you to be delicate with my quarterback. Here's why you should. Think about the quarterbacks. Think about Jalen, uh, Justin Fields' head coach. Well, he offensive, defensive mind. You know Matty Bufloos. He's he defensive. He's defensive mind. Linebacker coach. Justin Fields played all season just grabbing this, grabbing that, grabbing this, grabbing everything in between. Think about Lamar Jackson's head coach. Well, he's the offensive special, special, special teams coach. Yeah, he absolutely is. Think about Josh Allen, elbow injury and all that. What's his coach? Sean McDermott. He defensive mind. Daniel Jones, he has the third most carries, but you know they didn't even pick up his fifth-year option, so they just about to expend him. Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, I will love to watch how they will continue to use him going forward, but I just don't know that non-offensive <clears throat> coaches are as delicate. It's not a football word, but you know them quarterbacks be treated very delicately by offensive minds to their preservance. But the way he used that in that context was more just like grinding with him, like 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 ups and downs, rocking with him, making sure he's the the, the lows are gonna be with you, the highs are gonna be with you, like the whole way, gauging his whole career. It wasn't like the, the physical grind. I didn't I didn't hear that part of it. I agree. I agree. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, and and one thing is like they gave Zach Wilson some chances. They really have. So he, he played bad, 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 bad. Right. <laughs> then they finally benched him for Mike White. Okay. Look, look. Things didn't work out. You back up again. He played, he started again. He did. And gave you the same results. So they're trying. And for him to go out there and say, listen, we're going to grind with this kid, right? Through hot water. What do you say? Hot water. Hell and hot water. <laughs> hot water, hot grease. What do you want to say? Hot water. So, so it's like, like no matter how bad you play, we still got love for you. And we're still going to help you through this process. The, the, the thing is, he's going to have to leave New York, right? And go, go to, and which one thing you did say, I believe, is that go to like a, a, um, a team that, that's, that's big on the offense, right? Like like Sirianni, like Andy Reid, um, who give me some other offensive minds. Who else you got? McVay, Shannon, McVay, yeah, like all them all guys, guys. Shannon, yeah, exactly. So when you go to them teams, like they can find the the, the better inner side of you, like the the real talent, because we can't find it in New York. Mm -hmm. Well, some other coaches they probably can find that talent and get them going. So 
He needs a new, new, new location. New location. Well, speaking <clears throat> of Andy Reid, who you just mentioned, Patrick <clears throat> Mahomes has found the location for the rest of his life in Kansas City. Another MVP season. But what in the world has he proven this year without Tyreek Hill? Golly, we got to talk about that next on the Rodgers, obviously one of the faces of the NFL, but yesterday he switched it up. Talking a little NBA, I want to hear this. Rodgers, speak up. We were talking the other day in the locker room. Uh, you know, they love talking basketball in here. You know, he's debating like LeBron and Jordan, Kobe, different things. And the conversation was like, who do you want to start a franchise with if you're starting a franchise? And nobody could, you know, beat me in a debate that it'd be, it'd be Giannis all day. Of course nobody can beat you, A-Rod. 2-5, if you were starting an NBA franchise, Big Dog, who you leading with? And today, right? Today, today. Steph Curry. Why not Steph Curry? Listen, he's changed the game. The, his ability to shoot the ball so far and so efficiently, it, it creates so much space, right, on a, on a basketball court. So all them backdoor cuts and all that is so wide open because he can shoot. You get the high pick and rolls to get that thing going on. And then you need a coachable player. He's, he's, we all can say he's coachable. Right, he can play with under any coach. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Everybody loves him. He's a real MVP and he's a real leader. You need that. And nowadays, it's a it's a uh, guard dominant league. I love Steph Curry, but you're going to start a franchise with a guy that was drafted in like '08. That's like a long time Where, ago. What kind of franchise is it? He's talking about, he's talking about, he's talking about today. <laughs> but you're, if, if you're but starting it, a franchise, the implication is that you're going, you know, 10, so 15 like, years. No, no, no. We, like I, I thought it was. Oh, yeah. see, he's trying to like, come that's, on. No, that's what he said. Nah, man, you talking about Words like, matter. Right? Who you starting with then, Dave? I honestly, I mean, I, I think Roger's answer is the right one. Like, Giannis is still young. He can do so many things. He's dominant in so many ways. But I'll throw some love at Luka Doncic just because he's – He's not even 24 years old yet. That's my thing. If you have Luca, going like that, okay. That exact. I mean, he's going to be playing for 15, 16 more years. I'm going to be in the playoffs for two decades. Yeah, I'm good with Luca. There's just too many variables here <laughs> for this. I have like, too many questions. Okay, well, I always ruin the game. Such as? Well, maybe I would be a rod in the debate then. Well, what are your okay, questions? Okay, is this an expansion? Who's owning? Who's the coach? Let's make it an expansion. Okay. Let's make Steve Kerr the coach. Okay. Oh, then Steph Curry. Even Steph Curry is currently in They're all the same age, Dave. But they're not. Oh, that he, matters. He is the leader of the current dynasty in the NBA. I mean, if, if age doesn't matter, give me like KD. Guy, like, give, me on, Ke- like. Ke- give me Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant, again, he's been playing for a long time. He's a great. Okay, hey, Dave, you're give, doing too much. You're doing too much. That, you, you guys have never done this before. Clearly. <laughs> like, clearly. <laughs> Getting back to the NFL, life is great right now for star quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He leads the league in touchdown passes, passing yards, and the Chiefs have the one seed in the AFC. Currently the favorite to win his second MVP award, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook. Shady, you know Patrick Mahomes well. You won a Super Bowl with him, a former teammate, a current friend of yours. What's he proven to you this season, though, big dog? Nothing. He's the same Patrick Mahomes. He was great then. He's great now. I mean, what? He wins games every year. They're always fighting for the number one seed. He's already won an MVP. He might win another one this year. What's there to change? What's there to, what's there to convince me? He's, he's the same guy. Without Tyreek, though? That don't mean nothing? What do I mean? I mean, I, I think it'd be even, even better and be probably greater with Tyreek Hill, obviously. But he's still the same. I mean, one thing I like about uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's always been consistent. And, and these careers, like myself, I've had up and down, right? I have years where I ball out and have years I didn't. I got injured and et cetera. Patrick Mahomes, he went through that a little bit last year, right? Everybody was doubting him. Do you remember that? They was doubting Pat for, what, four or five games. He wasn't playing as well as he could. 
He had a lot of turnovers and et cetera. He flipped it around. He got better and better and better. So I love Pat, man. There's nothing you can say about Patrick Mahomes that I haven't seen. He's, he's super consistent. If I had to pick anything that's, that's different now, it's be the consistency. <clears throat> it's funny because I remember, like, earlier in the year, you're right. Like, people were – they weren't coming for Patrick Mahomes, but people were trying to have debates. We did it. Yeah. We did, like, With three segments on Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in, like, September or October. And now nobody's even talking about that. I mean – I already knew this, but it just emphasizes he's, he's the best football player on the planet. And I don't even know if it's that close, honestly. Like, even when you take a talk about your Josh Allens and your Joe Burrows and your Justin Mike. Justin Herbert. Don't forget Justin <laughs> Herbert. I mean, even, I mean, and I'm not just talking about quarterback. Like, football player. Like, what he does for the Chiefs. I, I love what Jalen Hurts has done this year. I've been advocating for his MVP chances. But, like, just to put it in perspective, like, he loses Tyreek Hill. We know that. And we know how good Tyreek Hill is because Tyree what he's doing without Patrick Mahomes. They're still amazing on offense. Like, they're outpacing everybody on offense. And on top of that, they're 20th in scoring defense. Their defense doesn't force any turnovers. Like, Chris Jones is really the only great defender on that defense. Like, they got some good players, but Chris Jones is it as far as, like, having elite players like you see in, not, in San Francisco or all the wonderful defenders in Philly. Patrick Mahomes is holding this whole thing together, and they're not just good. They're still great. That's incredible. And it, I, 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 I think I knew that, but it just emphasizes it even more with Tyree Kill being gone. He's still the best quarterback in the league. I think you can definitely make an argument he's the best player in the league. Every conversation starts after Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter what conversation you want to have. Accomplishments starts after Patrick Mahomes. Numbers starts after Patrick Mahomes. Value starts after Patrick Mahomes. I, again, obviously have been talking about how Jalen Hurts was the MVP this year. And we've got this weird uh, scenario now where we've seen how bad the Eagles offense has been without Jalen Hurts. They don't reward absences, obviously, when you're talking about the MVP. But I do think it is interesting that we've gotten to see that in real time. But Patrick Mahomes has been great all season long. Everyone was questioning how it was going to look without Tyreek Hill. How it looks without Tyreek Hill is there is better. He's better than he was last year. He's better than he was last year. He has more yards per game, more passing touchdowns per game, fewer, the same amount of interceptions, and a higher passer rating than last year. He's the best quarterback in the league. I'm sorry to everyone else. That's just what it is. He's, he's, he's the greatest. And I think also, while we are now obviously all you know, in unison that he is the MVP this year, which is greatly deserved and we take him for granted, how about Andy Reid? We want to give the coach of the year, obviously, to Brian Dable, obviously Nick Sirianni. Uh, and he's just casually the best, as usual, elevating guys, guys that other, guys, other teams didn't want. What, Aaron Rodgers needed a whole half a year to get with his receivers? Patrick Mahomes didn't. He's the best quarterback in the league. Patrick Mahomes doing it week in, week out, year in, year out. Well, Bill's head coach. Sean McDermott, he addressed the media himself and Josh Allen for the first time since DeMar Hamlin's injury. Y'all take a listen. We heard that news this morning, and there's nothing that, that could have been told to us to bring our day down. You know, we're extremely happy for him and his family. Um, you know, we just want to we just want to lo- love up on him, you know. So the next chance we get, I don't know when it's going to be, if we, if we get to see him anytime soon, man, it's going to be awesome. I feel strongly um, that, as, as his dad, as, as Mario uh, mentioned to us, that this is what DeMar um, would have wanted and wants. And um, 
we owe that, and my this is my opinion and my take on it, uh, we owe that to DeMar and we owe that to his family. Shady, that's your former coach. Those are a lot of your brothers in that locker room. You played for the Bills for several years. How much does it mean to you that DeMar does have a positive update again? Late last night, he showed cognitive function, writing down questions on a sheet of paper. What's this all mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. I mean, it just tells you how much that his teammates, they love him, right? I'm sure once they heard that news, they probably had a, a big array in the locker room. Um, and I'm so happy that he's getting better and better and better. Um, and his father, you know, spoke about just <clears> – <throat> The words he said is, hey, did we win? This shows you a true champion, right? Somebody that really loves the sport, the love of the game, right? The love for his teammates. Um, everybody's worried about him. How's he doing? How's he doing? And the first thing he had to ask was, did we win the game? So this shows you how much uh, love is there in Buffalo, how much love between the, the, the teammates, um, the players and the coaches. And then Sean McDermott. I want to give him a shout-out because uh, not a lot of coaches put the player first. Right? We played with coaches like that, and he did. And, and uh, just a testament to how stand-up he is as, as a coach. And that's why players play the way they play for him. Yeah, well, right now everyone is playing <clears throat> for and praying for DeMar Hamlin. We will continue to keep you updated here on this show. Again, that's the most important thing to us and our Speak family. That's it for us, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks for hanging. Till next time. Wow.